So um, there's a story by C.S. Lewis, great story. I read it years ago, actually, when I was in high school. And oddly enough, when I was in high school, I didn't get the point to the story. I did, but not really. Um, you know, no offense, high school, don't really, you only have like half a brain in high school. But it's a great story. Um, and this, it's called The Great Divorce. And just, okay, you read it. And you're from Minnesota. Um, sorry, that slipped out. It will never happen again. Um, it's a great story where in hell, you can take a bus trip to heaven. If you want to leave hell, get on a bus, you can go to heaven. So these people, they get on a bus, they go to heaven. Like one guy, just an example. All these characters are people who think, oh, they should be in heaven. Like one's a bishop. And this bishop, he goes and the gate, a priest greets him and the, each person gets a uh, warning. He says, oh, yes, you can come into heaven. But bishop, in heaven, heaven is a place of pure community, pure love. Nobody's better than anybody else. You know, you won't have status. Everybody just loves everybody else. Well, the bishop doesn't like that. I mean, he's a bishop. He wants to be above other people. So he gives this excuse of, oh, well, I've, I've got to go back to hell because I'm working on a lecture. Um, and then this odd part, all these people, they prefer hell to heaven. They can see right into heaven, but a place of love and community of where everybody's life is, is sacred, they don't want it. Bizarre story, but I have to tell you, now that I'm almost 60, I really do believe that's how most people are gonna work. And I tell that because that is a lot like today's parable about the rich man and Lazarus. Bizarre story where, same point C.S. Lewis is making. People in hell, they could see heaven. And even that they can see into heaven, they don't wanna be a part of it. They don't want to be a part of absolute love and community. That's what's going on with a rich man. Now, the rich man, he's not in hell because he's rich. Granted, um, the readings do talk about money. Jesus talks about money a lot in the Gospel of Luke, one out of seven verses. So, yes, it does deal with money, but that's not the real core. He's not in hell because he's rich. The first reading, uh, the prophet warns... Um, the wealthy, the wealthy in Israel, they're super duper wealthy. Uh, they're so wealthy, they don't drink wine out of glasses. They drink wine out of bowls. Um, you know, they all have all these ointments to look the most beautiful, but they're actually quite ugly. Because what it says is that, yeah, they, they have all this dying, you know, have everything but they see other people suffering and they feel absolutely nothing. And remember, the law of hospitality is if you don't regard other people's life as sacred, if you don't really care for other people, you see somebody else in pain and you're not pained, that offends the law of hospitality. And if you can't see other people's life as sacred, your little life will be taken away. So the prophet says, oh, you'll be taken away. Um, so, you know, can you imagine being so wealthy that you can't even be concerned about other people? You know what they call people? Like we have a word for people like that. You know what it is? Kardashians. Um, you know, they only think of themselves. Well, that's the problem with a rich man. 
The rich man, you think, wow, he has everything. But what you discover, surprise, he's the least likely to go to heaven. Um, and so in the parable, just, I love this parable. So I want you to fall in love with this parable because it's amazing. Like I, I love the contrast between Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus is not in heaven because he's poor. Lazarus is in heaven because he's holy. But you get this great contrast, like the color purple. Um, I don't know if you know this, but for the majority of human history, you could only wear certain colors based on your status in society. And the highest people could, could legally could only wear purple. And this guy, he is always dressed in purple, which means he's super wealthy. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, this commentary says that in the Greek, he has so much purple that even his underwear is purple. Like, and Luke, no, no, like it's written that way. So you could, A, Jesus does have a sense of humor. It just misses in the American English. Um, like, wow, he is wealthy. He has purple underwear. But it also means like he has excessive amount, but he never gives anything to anyone. He has purple. Uh, the contrast is so clever. Lazarus also has purple. Lazarus wears purple as well, except his purple is ulcerated skin. He's so poor. Um, both dressed in purple. The rich man, um, it says, um, he dined sumptuously. And uh, what would happen is that they didn't have napkins at that time. So you'd eat with your um, fingers and you'd get gravy and stuff on your fingers. And so what the uber wealthy would do is use pita bread to sop up, to cleanse their hands. And they'd take the pita bed and throw it to the dogs. It's trash. I mean, they're so wealthy. They can throw bread right out. And Lazarus, he, it doesn't say that he's lying at the gate. In the Greek, it says he's thrown down at the gate, which means the rich man, he's just a piece of trash. Um, and like, you get this contrast. So you get this complete contrast, repeat of words, or um, in heaven, Lazarus longs to, just for the drippings from his finger. Reverse in heaven, the rich man is in hell, and he longs for just what drips from Lazarus's hand or finger. So you get this great contrast. Or um, Lazarus, it says, is thrown down by the gate. When it says gate, um, you just have to know in the Bible, every time the word gate appears, gate is a place where you receive justice. Gate is a place where you either show compassion or not, where you receive it or not. So like Abraham, beginning of the Bible, he's at the gate of his tent and he sees three strangers and runs out and feeds them. So Lazarus is at the rich man's gate and he receives no justice, no mercy. Contrast, the rich man is outside the gate of heaven and he never offered any mercy and so no mercy will come to him. So I just love that. Or like Lazarus, his name, we know Lazarus's name. It's the only parable where Jesus uses somebody's name. So everybody in heaven knows Lazarus. The rich man, he would have been so well, wealthy, everybody would have known his name on earth. But in heaven, he's a nobody. Nobody knows him in heaven. So you get this great contrast. And what I also really like is, um, this is kind of amazing, but Lazarus, sits next to, to Abraham 
in the feast of heaven. So remember, heaven is this great feast, feast of the Lamb of God. And Abraham, he's the beginning of religion. So he's a father of Judaism. So who's ever seated to his right is the second holiest person in Judaism. And Lazarus, surprise, is seated right next to Abraham. So nobody on earth would even know who he was, but he turns out to be the second holiest person, even though nobody noticed him. Um, everybody in heaven would have known who he was. And so the amazing part is, from hell, the rich man can see Lazarus. Now, think about this. This is really important. The rich man, he would have known Lazarus. But notice he never speaks to Lazarus. He never recognizes Lazarus. He sees Abraham and he talks to Abraham who he doesn't know. Because, you know, the rich man still believes in status. And Abraham has status and I'm a rich man. I'm not talking some piece of trash Lazarus. So he talks to Abraham and he says, Father Abraham. Well, you know right there, that's great irony. He, you know, you'd always call your religious leader father. So he can, he can say Father Abraham, but he doesn't get, if Abraham's his father, that makes Lazarus his brother. But he always thinks he's better than everybody else. Um, and saying Father Abraham is a religious creed. So the rich man believes in God. So he believes in God. He can say a religious creed. We're about to say a religious creed but he never puts it into action. He can say he believes in God, but he doesn't love like God. So you get this great irony. Um, and then he cries out, what he cries out in the Greek is Kyrie eleison. So tell me, please get this one. Uh, what does Kyrie eleison mean and where do we use it? Okay, mumble, mumble, mumble. You got it, nailed it, thank you. Um, yeah, we, we start mass off with it. We, Lord have mercy. So he can cry out, Lord have mercy, but he never offered mercy to anybody else. How dare we cry, Lord have mercy, if we can't show compassion to other people. So he tries that, but the amazing part is this. He speaks to Abraham, even though he knows Lazarus. Um, so he always sees Lazarus as a social inferior. And the thing about dipping his finger in water, he, think about this, he, even in hell, he can look into heaven and see a place where all people are treated equal, and he still ord asks Lazarus to be his servant. When he says he thirsts for water, what he really thirsts for is somebody to still play his servant. So he doesn't want to go into heaven. He wants to drag Lazarus into hell. Um, that's how selfish he is. And so when, um, when, when Abraham says, oh, you know, uh, oh, he says, forget, he should be my servant. Get me some water. Oh, go to my brothers. Uh, you know, Lazarus is just his servant. So he says, Abraham, Father Abraham, tell him to go to my father so that my brothers don't end up in this place of torment. And Abraham says, they have the prophets. They can listen to the prophets and Moses. When he says, listen to the prophets and the Moses, and this is a tough question. What did Moses and the prophets, especially the prophets, preach the most? And I'll give you the answer. It's sa'ak. Sa'ak is a Hebrew word that means cry, like the cry of the poor. Love it. Cry of the poor is you see somebody else in pain, you can't help but care. 
You see somebody else suffering, I got to do something. That's sa'ak, you just feel it. But because the rich man, he can't feel any compassion, he can't really hear what the prophets say. So the rich man says, oh no, well, if somebody from the dead would go. And Abraham says, if they can't, if they don't have sa'ak, even if one should rise from the dead, Christ, they wouldn't listen. So the parable is, you know, you need hospitality. You need to have this heart that can hear the pain of other people. That's hospitality in a way. And um, Abraham says this odd thing where he says, you know, between you and I is this great chasm. We can't pass over. Who built that chasm? Why is there a chasm between heaven and hell? Who built it? The rich man built it. Because think about this, even in hell, he can never understand how people in heaven live. That's the chasm. People in heaven, they can never understand why would you want to live so selfishly? They would never get that. That's the chasm. And even in hell, he doesn't want to be part of heaven. Um, and so it's this great warning to practice hospitality. The great evil that he committed was the evil to treat other people's life with indifference. Um, you know, all he does is want to uh, uh, order people around. That's the shocking part. So um, this sounds kind of strange, but um, uh, it's this parable is really kind of scary because it it gives it, and it should you should be scared that if you don't practice hospitality, you won't like the future. And remember what started this parable out. Now, I'm going to slow things down for the Minnesotans. Um, uh, the Gospel of Luke, my people know this, is 10 meals with Jesus. This is meal number six, a real heated meal. Um, so the Gospel of Luke, all Jesus does is eat, drink, and tell stories. So my joke is, what is Jesus? What nationality is Jesus? Italian. That's all Italians do, eat, drink, and talk. Um, so... Um, Meal number six, it gets heated because the Pharisees have decided we've got to kill Jesus. He treats people who are trash, tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners. He treats them and welcomes them. So we can't have that. We can't have that much hospitality. So Jesus gives all these parables. And then he gives these three surprise parables. The surprise parable is this. The rich man, he seems to have everything. He can make a creed. He can believe God is his father. But here's the shocking part. Notice the rich man. It never said he committed adultery. He didn't steal anything. He didn't murder anybody. He didn't cheer for the Vikings. You know, he didn't commit any of those sins. He committed the greatest sin, which is inhospitality. And remember, this parable is addressed to Pharisees, those who like to say, we really are more religious than everybody else, but they never show any hospitality. It should scare your pants off that, wow, even though you never committed any of those really big sins, if you didn't see other people's life as sacred, if you couldn't feel other people's pain, you better be worried. You won't like the future. That's what Jesus is saying. You Pharisees think that you're ahead of the game if you have no compassion, no real love for other people, you are not going to like heaven. You would prefer hell. And so for us who make these creeds, 
We say, Lord, have mercy. We profess God. We sit at Christ's table. Um, the point is this. We better be able to see each other as brothers and sisters or we're not worthy to sit in the kingdom of God. You either understand the demand of hospitality or you won't want heaven. Let us pray that we truly live out our creed. Try and love better. Feel other people's pain. Look at each other as brothers and sisters. Or we may dress in purple, but we're the ones who will be left out. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comments section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.